Hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio, broadcasting across North America and here on Saga 960 AM and the Coastal Carolina Network. I'm one half of your host, Yael Ososki, checking in this time from the Leviathan, Washington, D.C., and I'm joined by my colleague, David Clement, who's up there in Toronto. David, sir, how goes it? Yeah, Yael coming to us live from Mordor. Um, The... Yeah, there's every name you can think of. Mordor, Leviathan, yeah. um, Pit of Hell, um, Glory City, uh, the City of Intrigue, uh, the city where the sausage is made. Yes, yeah, yeah. but nobody wants to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> nobody sees. And you know who you know I heard say that today, or yesterday, actually? Who was it? Is uh, your buddy, your buddy, Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> Fellow Canadian Ted Cruz. <laughs> he, actually, he actually mentioned this. Uh, so he was uh, giving a speech. I'm here in D.C. It was the uh, Bitcoin Policy Summit. And uh, Senator Ted Cruz stopped by. There was a little fireside chat uh, with uh, Grant uh, McCarty of Bitcoin Policy Institute. And uh, he mentioned, you know, there's one thing that you don't want to see. There are two things, how sausage is made and how legislation is made. <laughs> and uh, made a couple of digs at Trudeau, actually. Oh, did he? Uh, so he was, yeah, he was stepping on our turf. He mentioned the Freedom Convoy, and uh, that's why Bitcoin was important, uh, because it allows an alternative to the banking system that's controlled by the politicians, as he said. <laughs> And I think the big question is, did he buy the dip? He absolutely bought the dip. Uh, he was very loud and proud about this. And uh, he said, he does, apparently he doesn't understand Bitcoin very well, because the one thing you do never do is discuss how much you have. And he said, I'm a very proud Bitcoiner. I've got two Bitcoin in my wallet. Oh, like, yeah, it's like Fight Club. <laughs> you can we'll talk you, about we'll Bitcoin, but never about how much Bitcoin you actually have. You taught me that <laughs> very early on. He broke the rule, and uh, so Senator. But I guess people Cynthia know Lummis that anyway, right? Because he has to. That's like filed as like an investment, I guess. So it is true that if you are a uh, congressperson, senator, you do need to declare all of your your financial sort of income and investments. But it's not listed how many BTC. It's just listed that he has, um, you know, whatever between a hundred and two hundred thousand, and it's a range. Nice. You don't know the exact. Out, but you know it's a range but i guess he just told us <laughs> <laughs> so he's stacking sets is what you're saying yeah he's definitely stacking sets. he says he does it every monday which i found a bit weird uh, normally mondays you run out of money yeah. right from the weekend <laughs> not <laughs> if you're on that uh, that dc dime <laughs> yeah if you're on that uh, that payroll i guess it doesn't work that way so yeah it's uh, it's been an interesting couple of days uh, here in dc David, I've enjoyed, the uh, weather's been pretty nice, been able to enjoy that, walk around, I'm doing a lot more walking. Yeah. So um, the taxi and Uber and sharing economy situation, David, is getting worse. What about the scooters? Are they still around or no? So scooters are around, but here's an interesting little caveat. I don't know if it's by mandate, but all of the scooters now have, you know, these bike locks. Uh-huh. So they have these bike locks now installed. So after you park, you have to basically lock it to something you know a gate or some kind of edifice oh uh, prevent the theft yeah 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 well or people throwing them in the river yeah well there were there were guys who were making good money back in the early days of just rounding them all up to charge them they like rented a truck and then picked up all the the ones that had dead batteries 
and then brought him to the charging place and got paid. I'm sure this might happen like late at night. You probably have these guys. Yeah. I haven't seen them much, but then again, I'm not. Um, I, I stayed in a hotel. I did not sleep in a tent at the time, so I, I was not. Uh, <laughs> you weren't in Vancouver. I, I wasn't out of these. Yeah, I was. I was not in Vancouver, and and yeah. there are actually fewer tent cities here um, than than I last remember. I was here, uh, I think, in November. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what that would be. I don't know. Um, That's people sticking around to protest Trump, I guess, or? Yeah, it's like all the protesters went home. All the, uh, you know, the the Soros money dried up. (laughs) The occupiers. (laughs) The Occupy Wall Streeters Um, left, finally. (laughs) Yeah, they did. They did. So, Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, Trump's out. No more reason to protest. So, uh, Dave, there's a... (laughs) I haven't really been following too much of the news. I've seen a couple of things, but I do got to give um, R.I.P. Yeah. to uh, someone we played a clip from on the show, and that is um, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Tucker is so, out. Out at Fox. Yeah. Um, so very interesting, uh, at least someone who's talked about some of our consumer issues that, that we talk about here every single week, uh, someone who's a, a sort of giant in the cable news space. Yeah. Um, but I, somebody alerted me to this. There, there's only like three million people who watch cable news. <laughs> the entire country. He was the so most watched person in America, though. His show was the most watched yeah. show in America. Are you sure it wouldn't be like whoever the football commentator guy is? Well, I, I think they segregate sports out. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that that counts. I don't know. That was just like the moniker they went by. I mean, the thing is, is that everyone was like, oh, how could Fox part ways with Tucker Carlson? And I just looked at the whole thing and went, how could they not? I mean, his shenanigans just cost him three quarters of a billion dollars. Yeah, it's not a small amount. Uh <laughs> It's like, imagine, whoever's listening, imagine, you're like, hey, sorry, boss, I messed up. You're going to have to cut a check for $700 million. Hope you don't mind. Please don't fire me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a bit much, and uh, it is true. They had to do something, and they're going to have to be, you know, selling selling something to make up for that money. It's a good amount of money. I forget what, I think Fox is like a, News Corp is like a $4 billion. Your business? Yeah, probably. I, don't remember. I mean, they're going to have to sell a lot of my pillow ads to cover the oh, gap. Oh. A lot of uh, it's a lot of hearing aids as well. There's a lot of hearing aid ads and stuff like that. And this. a lot of supplements for like condensed vegetables and fruit, like in pill form. <laughs> helps the libido, David. It helps the libido. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, yeah. And and uh, yeah, we also, so- I mean, have to give. Uh, a moment of silence for Don Lemon. Don Lemon also out um, at CNN. The whole Don Lemon story is fascinating because it, at least from what I can see, it's all like he just was toxic at work. Like everybody hated him. And he was like yeah. super bitter all the time and hard to work with and like mean and all sorts of bad stuff. So Don Lemon. Um, gonna miss him. I guess he was past his prime. He was past his prime. Oh. I, guess. <laughs> I would have loved it if Nikki Haley had tweeted that. Be like, oh, I guess <laughs> Don was past his prime. Past his prime. Oh, Bye-bye. man. Sorry, Don Lamont. 
Yeah, but this is um, why it's important is is mostly because these people tend to frame some of the political debates and narratives. And, you know, if there's a lot of issues that we talk about or discuss and, and how they're carried on cable news, you know, it matters to some people. Yeah. It might matter to some people wherever they live or, you know, a lot of people who are apparently watching cable news all the time. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, they got to make money, these companies. So if uh, people are just not providing if they're not uh you know pulling their weight or if they're just generally not good to be around uh i can see that uh, yeah don lamont i didn't see that one coming um i i kind of saw it coming there was a lot of chatter about like there's some room allegedly he had like got a burner phone and was like sending harassing text messages to some employees he didn't like and Oh, yeah. So he he became vindictive. Yeah, it got ugly. And then like I think, I think the straw that I mean, then he had the Nikki Haley thing where he had to apologize, and then they, he just um, had an interview with Vivek uh, Ram Ramasawarmi. I, I don't know if I pronounce his last name. The Republican candidate, um, anti woke guy, anti woke guy, Indian American businessman, and they were going back and forth on the Second Amendment and the rights of African-Americans and Don just like <laughs> you, he had a battle with the producers where he was like, I can't do this if you're going to talk in my ear. And you saw him like gesture to take his ear <laughs> earpiece out. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know it was that bad. I thought it was just like an interview that went south. I didn't think it would rise to the level, but I guess, you know, once you're canned or fired, everybody just looks at your last couple of contentious yeah, interviews. And yeah. And then his, his co-host, uh, I believe her name is Poppy, just like stopped talking. Like he just completely wow. like it didn't it wasn't an interview anymore. It was just a battle. And the problem was is that um, the, the Vivek um, for all his faults is actually like He's a pretty nice guy. Like, he he didn't take any of Don's slights personally. He was just like, look, respectfully, we disagree, but here's what I'm trying. And then Don was like, no, you're wrong. You can't talk about this. You're not a black American, like, blah, blah, blah. And it just fell apart. And his co-host is just sitting there with their arms kind of, like, folded, like, mm, okay. All right. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I assume you were watching this live in the Clement living room. I was not watching it live, <laughs> um, but uh, I did see it after. Uh, the, the joke fact. is that uh, David uh, tends to have CNN running all day. Um, you know what? I have a lot of news. I switch back and forth between Fox and CNN. I'll have the daytime coverage for Fox on here and there. Um, Boy, the, the market must really not be up because you're not watching uh, CNBC or uh, – was it BNN or you're not watching the stocks? So. There's no point watching the stocks. Everything sucks. Yeah, things are a bit in the red. Um, I'll tell you what, though, really quickly, the uh, reverse uh, Jim Cramer index. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to uh, that. We're looking pretty good. Uh, so First Republic Bank. Bombed. Uh, if you're uh, not aware, this is a fairly large bank. I think it was something like 15th biggest in the country. Am I wrong? Uh, I think so, yeah. You know, it's a huge bank, and essentially we have a you know, similar scenario, a highly concentrated consumer base. You had a lot of uninsured deposits, and there's essentially a run on the bank. People get their money out. And what do the banks have? Um, well, not enough money. Yeah. <laughs> Surely not to 
to give it out to all other people and uh, saw a collapse of the of the you know stock ticker. And uh, Jim Cramer, I believe it was about 10 days ago, was saying, I'm all in on First Republic Bank. Support this stock. Go all in. And, uh, boy, the reverse Cramer index strikes again. Yeah, I love it. It's becoming such a meme that, like, I've started on Twitter when someone has a bad take or prediction. I'll just be like, I'm getting serious Jim Cramer vibes here. I mean, even John Oliver. Is there, is there a Canadian equivalent of just, like, super bad pundit? I mean, on, in, you, actually, you probably shouldn't say this on air. In but... finance? No. In politics? In finance. In politics, oh, yeah. politics. I'd say, like, uh, Tom Mulcair is is uh, almost everything he says the opposite. And I don't – I like Tom Mulcair, but he has a, he has a pretty good track record of, of being like, yep, Trudeau's stepping down. It's happening. It's over. It's like, well, that never happened. <laughs> Of course, uh, Mulcai, who was for a short time uh, my member of parliament. Oh, yeah, in Outremont. And, um, Outremont. And uh, he's uh, most famous in many circles for uh, questioning whether or not uh, the U.S. actually did nab bin Laden. <laughs> did he really say that? Oh, yeah. He said, I, I, I'm sure we, we need to see those pictures. That's what he said. He had an interview where he talked <laughs> oh, about no. this. He's like, I can't believe the Americans in this case. Channeling his inner Elizabeth May. Yeah, he had a little bit of a he had the conspiracy bone there was being wrung, so he had uh, wanted to get a little bit in there. So he's a interesting fella, uh, someone who's been very present in Quebec politics and then federal politics, and, and now I guess is uh, kind of brought in as a apparently an opposite pundit. Uh, yeah, reverse pundit, as it were. Just everything he said is the complete opposite. So we'll uh, hopefully we have some more examples, David. And um, I, I'm wondering what are some of the other uh, topics that we're going to talk about today. We've got, uh, you know, some news headlines uh, out of the U.S. and Canada. I've been a bit busy uh, shuffling between parts of the city and understanding uh, kind of what's going on. Uh, hanging out with Bitcoiners all night and everybody's richer than I am. Yeah. That's uh, uh, news alert. Yeah. <laughs> news flash. Uh, this is what happens when you meet a lot of Bitcoin OGs who've uh, been in it for very long. But uh, we'll bring that to you and much more here on Consumer Choice Radio. You guys keep listening in. If you're on the podcast, uh, even better. You just hit a nice skip ahead. But for the rest of you, uh, stay tuned to Consumer Choice Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. We've got a nice little break coming up, and then uh, we'll get back to the show. Welcome back here to Consumer Choice Radio, broadcasting on Saga 960 AM and the Coastal Carolina Network. Uh, David, there's a couple of news items that went through, and um, one of our buddies, not yet a friend of the show, we'll see uh, if we can get him on. Uh, there's been some news around uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. So uh, I know that I, I saw a couple things. There were some, uh, some shots across the bow from uh, former... I guess UN ambassador and uh, South Carolina governor Nikki Haley, uh, she kind of responded to the whole Disney kerfuffle and uh, had some own words around. So if you could summarize this, because I think you've been watching this a bit more than I have, what's uh, what's the latest in Disney land? Well, he's still going to war with Disney, which I don't really like. I don't understand. It just seems like a, a giant distraction, like waste of time, and he's cruising around the world. Like, he's really campaigning. 
or, or to be honest, more like it's a coronation and he knows he's going to get the <laughs> the nomination, but he hasn't declared. And then when he was asked about him being behind Trump in the polls, he, had, he gave this really like weird kind of valley girl <laughs> response where he's like, well, I'm not even running yet. So <laughs> it's just the whole thing seems so strange. It's like what it's like he's trying to wait for the perfect time, but the perfect time may, may never come. I don't know. Yeah, I saw on uh, Drudge this morning. I th- it's probably going to be in May. Uh, I don't know. Okay. This whole thing is uh, very. It's going to take a lot of our energy, and um, the only reason I like uh, political contests like this, you know, let's say runoffs, let's say uh, primaries, is just because you get to talk about ideas. And you get to discuss many different ideas in, in many different contexts. Unfortunately, a lot of it gets bogged down by just terrible ideology. <laughs> but you know, he's yeah. brought up a lot of points about you know the woke corporations. And um, I talked to a fella about this uh, here in D.C. I think today. And a lot of these companies that are so-called woke, what's interesting is all this culminates from the George Floyd uh, killing and the riots that followed. Sorry, protest, mm-hmm. peaceful protest. And a lot of the companies had to, you know, basically were forced by employees to issue statements, to do programs, and to, you know, to show something in solidarity or some measure of social justice. That was sort of the beginning of it. And, you know, what other people have talked about is, you know, this is something the employees were demanding. I remember there were walkouts, yeah. you know, at Apple or yeah. Google or something like that. It's something employees wanted uh, you were kind of bombarded by it everywhere which is interesting but it's still corporate speech and not necessarily nothing illegal about it it might be unsavory to some political folks but you know companies say a lot of unsavory things politicians say a lot of unsavory things yeah and this whole thing has led to now this uh, idea that disney has sort of gone uber woke um, there is this connection to you know, they, I guess, still do filming or productions in China as well. So I think that's some mm-hmm. of the element, but I think it's a lot more about, uh, I, I don't know, a lot of gay characters now show up in Disney. I, I don't know because I, I don't know of any of these gay characters in any of the shows that uh, my daughter watches, but maybe I'm not tuning in. Uh, yeah, the whole, things. the whole Disney, like, boycott from conservatives just seems so snowflakey. <laughs> it just seems like they're the uber offended now, right? They hated they hated that everybody got offended at everything. And they're like, now it's our turn. <laughs> now like a lot of like the MAGA world is like leading the charge on we're never gonna buy Bud Light again. Even though the company put the people who made the Dylan Mulvaney ad uh, on leave like it just it just seems like the inverse of that like hypersensitive cancel culture and i'm not sure this is a road people really want to go down where like politics has been perpetually divided and gotten more divided in in a from the trump era on do we really want commerce to be divided in the same way where you have blue stores and you have red stores i don't know if that really serves anybody any good um yeah it just seems really strange and it seems like they've 
they've slowly become what they hate. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I will say, David, I've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of a book recommendation that's right on this. Ooh, um, something I read on the plane. Uh, and I think is what's so fascinating about all of this right now is just consumer behavior and how consumers respond in the market. And this is very much our wheelhouse. You know, we've got some authority. We're a consumer advocacy group. We've been a couple of consumer advocates. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been doing this a little while. So the book is a. It's called Exit Lo- uh, Voice and Loyalty. Uh, it's by Albert Hirschman, 1970. And it's essentially a sort of um, economist view on consumer behavior and how consumers stay loyal either to an organization perhaps that they work at as an employee or that they shop at. And it can be applied to citizens, to employees, uh, you know, disgruntled customers. So it's mm-hmm. essentially mirroring a lot of the or modernizing a lot of the takes of Adam Smith's Invisible Hand, you know, the market, supply, demand, this kind of thing. And he he sort of uh, goes through the, you know, what can you do as a consumer if a brand like Bud Light does something you don't like, right? You can exit, stop buying Bud Light. You can do voice where you do a protest and something else. um, Or like many people on social media, buy a, a bunch of Bud Light and then shoot at it with a machine gun. I guess you can do that too. Yeah, which is just making... Bud Light and the ammo companies some money. Uh, one of the uh, one of the friends of the show, uh, Alan, I saw him on Twitter. He said, "Man, bullets are expensive. You really want to be wasting all of that on that Bud Light right now?" <laughs> it's a high inflation environment. Uh, but yeah, the book is great because it's um, it's just a theory about how we stay loyal to brands, and you know, with the brand of Disney is obviously very strong, obviously very well protected by intellectual property. It's been present in mm-hmm. most people's childhoods, and not just in the U.S. or Canada, but globally. You know, every movie, every show, everything is translated a hundred times over. So, you know, you're, you're all in on Frozen, you say, but you know, Ice Kunigan in German. You know, so there's the entire world of Disney, and they're very good at that. They're very good at internationalizing the stories, and I would I would argue that most of the stories are not you know, told from an Anglo-Saxon point of view or anything like that. They, they tend to, you know, have Moana. They have all these... I'm just getting to a Disney promo section. Yeah. <laughs> they offer a lot What's of... What's the full catalog? So all of the, the small, like, political disagreements, and it's like, we don't like this cartoon, or we don't... It's like, you have exit, you know? Just don't, don't pay attention to Disney. Stop going there. You know, don't buy their things. Obviously... What DeSantis is doing is kind of weaponizing that and saying, well, you know, they get particular tax credits or they have, you know, dominion over their, their small little fortress in Orlando. Um, I'll be actually be in Orlando in July, David. Oh, Maybe I'll stop okay. in and uh, see what's going on. But, you know, we have the ability as consumers to exit if we want. We can also have voice. We can do a petition, you know, uh, make Idris Ilba the next Star Wars guy or something. You know, you can do that. Yeah. But – this kind of using the weapon of the government, as we've mentioned so many times, uh, the pendulum always swings back. Have you ever been upset enough with a company that you are a customer of where you've like taken it to social media and you'd be like, never again, blah, 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 because... And no, for, not for something service-related, because I'm certain... Oh, I was going to say, absolutely, are, I'll like, give you tens, exa- tens of thousands of examples. 
You're like, how many airlines do you want me to list off? Airlines, cell phone companies, cable providers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but those are for service, right? Bad service, not necessarily because their CEO said X about whatever protest. Okay, so like I, okay. I can't. I've never been upset enough to be like, how dare Bud Light? Well, it's the same with uh, Starbucks. Starbucks has always been very um, sort of politically. Um, engaging, you know, they've they did a lot of stuff with Black Lives Matter. Um, they had a policy against guns. You know, does that mean that people stop going there for overpriced lattes? Not really. No. <laughs> Look at their sales no. numbers, right? Yeah, and not really. And it's good, and that's why you want a competitive marketplace with different brands, different shops. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, you kind of have small areas where you just kind of have a lot of Starbucks, and you you don't have uh, other choices. I. Uh, by the way, I've got Compass Coffee. Uh, they've got their Bitcoin blend that I picked up. Uh, <laughs> uh, using promo code. That, CD, just, but. <laughs> that just reminds me of pre-COVID when blockchain was like the buzzword and people were just adding blockchain to the company name of what it was like a fruit juice company. No, it was, uh, it was Long like, Island. Uh, no, it was uh, Arizona Iced Tea Blockchain Company. <laughs> Yeah, and the stock went through the roof. I would love to have been in the board meeting. It's like, uh, anybody got any ideas? Uh, you know, the Arizona iced tea, we, we've kept the price at 99 cents. Anyone know where else we can make money? Here's an idea. <laughs> Let's just put blockchain in the in the documents here. Oh, re-list. man. But I, I think the consumer stuff with the brands and, yeah, has there been a situation where a CEO will say something in a, you know, some kind of interview and then I'll, that'll tick me off, you know, CEO of Target. You know, comes out and says, "You know what? We really should not be having cannabis legalization." No, I, I don't think I can't think of any examples. There's definitely been service situations where, uh, particularly airlines, cell phone companies, cable, yeah. um, you name it. You know, people get upset at stuff. I mean, I'm still chasing to get internet installed in my apartment, and I'm cha- <laughs> literally chasing the company to give them money, and they just won't send the router. So. Tell me about it. I can, I can go on all day about that one. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the only flip side of this is there had there has been one moment where a CEO said something, and I was like, yeah, that guy gets it. And it was, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Diamond? Who's that? And that would be the end of America. Oh, Jamie Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J.P. Yeah, Morgan, yeah. which uh, normally not the yeah. someone to be praised, uh, not not big guy for monetary competition. Uh Big bailout guy, but yeah, that was yeah. Uh, and that would be hell for America. I don't have that clip right now, unfortunately. Uh, but that was good. Uh, yeah, because that was about, well, that I was mean, about the, oil another and gas one, investing. Yeah, yeah, another another really good one that I liked was Howard Schultz. Although I'm fairly certain he's not actually with Starbucks anymore. Um, Probably a board member or something now. Still, yeah, well, yeah, but not in like it. But when when Bernie was calling him a a billionaire and he objected. And he was like, I, I, I object to you using that as like a slur. Like, I grew up in public housing. Like, I, I didn't have this handed to me. Is it a bad thing that I built this up from nothing? And Bernie's like, oh, well, you're, we're out of time. We're out of time. <laughs> oh, it's a plot. It's a Koch brothers plot. The, uh, that, yeah. uh, that presidential run didn't go very far, did it? Schultz. No. It, it should have, but it didn't. Yeah, I guess he wasn't... Um... I guess a lot of people weren't too keen on political outsiders uh, 
anymore after the Trump experiment. Uh, I don't remember when he ran, though. Was that 2020 or is it before? I, I don't No, I think he was trying to get going in 2016, I think. Oh, it's like, uh, both these candidates suck, so vote for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the whole thing with the pre- – again, I'm not looking forward to the presidential um, nominating contest, and it's a lot more about personality than ideas, even though I, I, yeah. I hope for the latter. Um, maybe it, you know the reverse pundits are going to come out to play against. We're going to have plenty of uh, you know Tamamikaira uh, who's going to show up and be pundits on, on TV and in newspapers and give us very bad opinions. But, uh, man, I'm really fascinated, though, and with um, how consumers are reacting to these brands. Obviously, Bud Light is only the latest. I don't know. Have there been any, any, any other outrages, any other hashtags I should follow, David, of uh, companies doing things we shouldn't like? There, there's a, just an active push amongst some of the MAGA-type people to, like, find the internal documents of some of these companies and like, what's their diversity training look like? And then they'll be like, Oh, well we can't shop at this store anymore. And it's like, it is soft and it, it is this, you know, you normally you would have the general Republican conservative vision of, you know, Hey, companies provide value. We shouldn't interfere too much. Now it's like, well, no, the companies can't say X. They can't say Y. So what kind of happened, you know, what happened to free speech? What happened to the ability to communicate however you wanted? And, yeah, sometimes you do want to go after the people who, you know, drink smoothies and do yoga in the park. You know, that's a consumer base. It's not just guys, you know, who go to Lowe's or uh, Home Depot and, you know, like to do their redo their bathroom and put tile up. Um, there's all of that. And uh, the inverse yeah. of like how the left responded to Chick-fil-A. 100 percent. And we'll hear more about that, uh, David, once we're back from break. Consumer Choice Radio. And we're back here on Consumer Choice Radio. David, you reminded me of the uh, Chick-fil-A uh, mess uh, from a couple of years ago. And I had to admit, I, I re- went back through my uh, Facebook memories uh, recently, and I did do a – Chick-fil-A is delicious. I like this chicken sandwich. Here's a picture of me at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I did do this. No, okay. <laughs> and my, my wife – think about uh, how, like, they were treated – also, also in, yeah. But think about how Chick-fil-A was treated. Think about how Hobby Lobby was treated. And it's like, I don't know. It's I used, it's the same thing I used to say to conservatives who got all riled up about same-sex marriage. It's like, you don't like same-sex marriage? I don't know. Don't marry a guy. Like, just don't go there. But to turn it into like, oh, we have to cancel Chick-fil-A. We have to cancel Disney. It's like, why? I mean, yeah. I don't know. It just the whole thing seems like they're mirroring off each other, and that's that's America going to hell right there. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the path to hell for America. <laughs> yeah, the the pro, people just like that, you know. And unfortunately, maybe you can time it. Does this always happen in the uh, sports off season? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you're not rooting for the, you know, Broncos or the Bruins, uh, you know, you can you can turn to some company and lash and uh, and protest. And you know, if I were in a business and I had people outside protesting, you know, I think there's a line. But I think after a while, I'd be like, hey, this is kind of good, because then you get people who, you know, will virtue signal by buying more of your product to go <laughs> against you, the guys. 
right? There's a very fun business case of exactly this. Um, have you seen the the show about Chippendales, the creation of Chippendales? You know, no, but I, I did um, – I hit like on the tweet because I thought it was interesting, and then it added me to some list and tagged me and DM'd me. So everybody knows I was trying to watch Chippendales. So, <laughs> no, so what – I haven't seen the movie. Tell me about it. Yeah, so basically in the like early days of Chippendales, which is um, a male strip club, um, for those who aren't aware, um, essentially the the owner – tips off like the lo- the local church groups uh, anonymously and is like, hey, did you see that this like exotic club has opened up in your neighborhood? And they all start protesting. And then he goes to a payphone and calls the local news station. He's like, hey, there are people protesting outside of this new male strip club. And then the news team shows up and everyone's like, why did you do that? And he's, <laughs> he's, he's like, the ad value for 30 seconds um, on whatever the the news station is in LA is like a thousand bucks for every 30 seconds. He's like, they covered us for five minutes. This is all free. <laughs> oh man. This seems like a, it's like a Trump esque thing. Like a, like a Trump stakes type thing as yeah. well. Uh, ah, man, I have, all right. I, I do have to watch that. That's a good lesson. I, I won't sure ruin the end. He did turn out to be a very, very bad man. Um, I think there was like some murder involved, I think from the trailer, uh, some light murder. Yeah. Some light murders, some yeah. light murdering on the weekend. Uh, I did, uh, I think I read through the wiki on that. All right, well, that's cool. Good lessons. And I'm sure there's a whole cottage industry of firms. And um, in the show, The uh, Billions, yes. you know, they do this thing with the juice uh, company, you know, yeah. everybody's thrown up. And uh, yeah, the market manipulators, man, that is a, that's a whole other kind of industry. Another show that just popped up is a Rabbit Hole. Oh, I haven't with, seen uh, that. Keeper Sutherland, our fellow Canadian. Ooh, okay. Uh, so it's, uh, I believe, on uh, CBS Paramount mm-hmm. Plus, and uh, he's sort of a corporate fixer type thing where you know he kind of does things to manipulate public opinion of companies and uh, enrage consumers. And uh, there's this whole like government conspiracy angle, which uh, is is my my love for uh, programs. That's your but your bread and butter. It is my bread and butter. Um, yeah. This is normally uh, what I'm what I'm what I get a nice fixing for. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, that's another streaming platform. Um, apparently, Paramount Plus and all these guys, this is the whole thing with the streaming wars. It's becoming so cumbersome, and a lot of these companies are losing money, and they probably dished out way too much money to do some yeah. of these huge productions. Well, I think for some of them, they have like one flagship show. But that can only carry you for so long. Like with Paramount and uh, Yellowstone. Like, great show. But that's only going to carry you for so long. Yeah, and it's it's hard. It's hard because you have the tiered models of, like, you pay, and um, they have an interesting setup to where you can pay premium and have no commercials, or you pay, like, a minimal fee and you still get ads for 30 to 60 seconds. Okay. Which, you know, is a way for uh, me and my wife to enjoy American commercials. um, (laughs) A little taste of home. Oh, yeah. I mean... You remember growing up, ads were like the funnest thing. Everybody would be talking about commercials, and obviously we've we've done entire episodes on this program about the Super Bowl commercials. Yes. Smart Park. Smart Park, yeah. Smart Park. And uh, obviously we remember uh, back when Bud was in good graces, it was the wazam. You know, yeah, yeah, still one of the best commercials ever. 
Yeah, and we still remember, you know, so many of the the greatest ads of all time. And uh, have you tried the gray poupon? <laughs> I, I mean, still on occasion, I will catch. I'll be like, "Oh, what's up? What are you up to?" And you'll be like, "You know, nothing. Watching the game, drinking a bud." There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Or uh, I forget what the one, the the recent one was. Uh, are you Jared from uh, State Farm, or no? Is it something? <laughs> Jason at State Farm? I don't know. All kinds I, of things. I mean, I, I, another famous Canadian one was the I Am Canadian one, the Molson Canadian, oh, yeah. where he's yeah. like, a toque is a hat, a Chesterfield is a couch. <laughs> so was that a real ad? Because I remember yeah. seeing that on YouTube. Real ad, okay. ran on TV. Oh, wow. It's probably the best ad that they ever had. And I am Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> I don't I... know Jimmy, Sally, or Susie from Canada, although I'm sure they're very nice. <laughs> I, maybe I saw like the French Canadian like version of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a joke version of Quebec, Quebecois version. He's like, I okay, will. That's the one I saw. He's like, I will merge over on the highway without using my blinker. Oh, it says I am not Canadian. Uh, yeah, that's right. Now, of course, I've got ads running, so I can't play this. Uh, but yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. And you yeah. can still remember these to these day, and that's why, um, obviously, we're lovers of the, the program Mad Men. Yes. Uh, wherein a lot of this stuff was cooked up or originated, and, and you saw a lot of really good examples. Man, there's not really another show like that on TV, is there? Um, For ads? No. Not really. Although I would love to see, like, a 80s, 90s version of that, because mm. my understanding of, like, the ad industry... Um, is that the culture didn't really change until like the eighty, like late nineties? Like it was still very that boozy like vibe, and so like an eighties nineties version of Mad Men would be pretty cool. If anyone, if any producers out there and they need an idea for a show, you're welcome. Yeah, if you're you listen to Consumer Choice Radio and you guys uh, got some nice ideas there for your your next pitch, uh, maybe we can do a pilot. Yeah. Get us in, uh, get us in early. This is the uh, the production company that uh, <laughs> will be doing it. Yeah, I love these ads, and you know where do you see ads today? You mostly see it in your Instagram feed, I guess, um, or if you're you know clicking through social media sites. But I generally, yeah, with this new subscription streaming model, I don't really see many ads. It's just on the the Paramount, and uh, a lot of it is about. Uh, Laundry detergent. There's a lot of laundry detergent. Apparently, people are very dirty. That's like my only assumption. And uh, full circle. That's how we were talking about Tucker and all those ads on Fox News, and how many more they're going to have to print out. Yeah, yeah. So wow. I got an interesting story here, David. Um, apparently, there's a guy who's been doing these prank phone calls, Ooh. Uh, posing as Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Okay. So apparently, uh, he had one with uh, Kristen Lagarde, who's head of the European Central Bank, and he just did another one, this guy, with Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. He got j Powell. Uh, he got j Powell. Oh, um, no. He apparently, Godwin talking about, you know, they always get to mention Bitcoin. Well, oh, no, there's that. Uh, but also mention about, oh, we're going to set up our own new central bank and start printing stuff out and... You know, we just need you guys. That's what Zelensky was saying. We need you to print more money. (laughs) 
He's like, oh, you know, we're, we're doing this. We're looking at the recession. It's like, do these guys not have staff that field these calls? Like, yeah, or is there, everybody so under the spell of Zelensky that everybody's just like, oh, yeah, I want to talk to him. I'll take the call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my job is very important. I should speak with Zelensky. Um, this prank phone call, but it's like jerky boys on the next level. Man, that is vintage pranks. The jerky boys, they yeah. had some good stuff. You remember the old Arnold Schwarzenegger board? Yeah. Where you could call and you'd be, you'd be like, I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> Who <laughs> is your daddy chopper. and what does he do? Oh, I have too many stories of um, random uh, open up the phone book, find a funny name, call their number, you know, do this whole thing. Uh, the yeah, the best was, prank uh, I ever saw as a kid was the full-blown, like, hey, we're calling from the Hydro Company. Uh, is this Mrs. Whatever? Because you knew the last name. And they're like, yeah, and like, okay, like, there have been, like, rolling power outages. A couple major appliances have been, like, impacted. Do you mind, like, you haven't had any outages? And they're like, no. And they're like, do you mind checking, like, all your lights are on? And they're like, okay, let me check. And they're like, okay, your, like, your fridge is running. Because a lot of people, if the fridge isn't running, the food goes bad. So we're kind of asking people if the fridge is running. And it's like, okay, let me go check. Yeah, yeah, the fridge is running. Well, you better go catch it. <laughs> oh, God. A uh, classic one. Epic. Um, Epic. Yeah, that was just like pretty much early uh, internet uh, humor as well. I remember on E-Bombs World. Yes. Uh, these were all the early uh, you know, good soundboard uh, audio clips and uh, things people would share on Kazaa back in the day. <laughs> yep. Uh, good times. So now, uh, now they're, you know, they're doing the prank calls uh, using the voice of um, – you know, the Ukrainian president, and uh, they're able to get into all kinds of conversations. Jeez, this can't, I think, so Lagarde was one. Now we have Powell. I'm sure there's been a Canadian politician person who's who's gotten. gotten Imagine on. them just getting Freeland on the phone. <laughs> oh, this would be delicious. This would be delicious. He'd be like, we need you to shut down more bank accounts. Uh, Freedom Convoy 2.0. <laughs> She's like, you know, we've been thinking about that. That's a great idea. Anybody who opposes our policies. Uh... Yeah, any updates on Freeland? Uh, anything uh, happening uh, federal level in Canada? She's far um, less public now. So I did notice, um, obviously we've talked about the uh, Chinese donation. Yes. Um, and, and Trudeau did uh, the tried and true, auth, uh, you know, honest political response of saying, well, we are proudly pro-choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he had this this argument with this barely coherent teenager about abortion. Yeah, and then the you and then the the liberals have turned it into like a full blown ad. And then there's like a follow up ad where Trudeau's like, "Well, you've probably seen this video of me chatting with this young man. We are always going to be pro choice." And the thing is, is that the whole thing is a myth. That yes, they are pro choice, but there's nothing constitutionally that guarantees access to abortion it's just an absence of law and trudeau could very well enshrine it and codify it into law but they don't and so what on earth are you talking about i just don't understand it's like you could if you if this is what you truly believe then put your money where your mouth is and go ahead and do it but I mean, it's like every time they're in trouble, that's the card they're going to go with. And I think a lot of 
intelligent people see through it. They're like, oh, okay, po- the polling numbers are bad. <laughs> Here we go again. Well, there we go. That's uh, sort of the, the typical flair for, uh, unfortunately, what has happened in our dear Canada, our uh, native land, and uh, the political situation there. Uh, but yeah, I got to tell you, David, um, hopefully we can turn this around. We can talk about more substantive consumer issues uh, in our political debates. Uh, we're seeing more of that a bit in the U.S. Uh, Canada's a bit distracted temporarily, so hopefully we can get around that. But in the meantime, we'll be here, Consumer Choice Radio. Uh, myself, Yael Ososki, and David Clement, our co-host here at the program. Uh, you guys stay tuned. Um, you know, it's been a great week, great production. If you're interested in following more, you could subscribe to the podcast version, Consumer Choice Radio, in your podcast app or your modern podcast app, something like Fountain or Podverse. Uh, always a pleasure to have you guys on. Thanks so much for listening to Consumer Choice Radio. We'll be back next week with more conversations, more interviews, and more talk about consumer choice and everything that matters.